you can't deal with a mind in a wrong way and Christians have a different understanding when it comes to mind. Uh, the strongholds of Satan, the Bible says, are in the mind. Young people are bound by their mind, old people are bound by their mind. Your life is controlled by what you think. Your whole attitude in your mind is where the snare which will destroy you comes from. Your behavior will be governed by the way you think. The product of your thoughts govern uh, your actions. And fruit is very often not understood. It comes from your mind, the way you are. And a Christian, the first thing he does is he has his mind under control and his thinking under control. In the world, a non-Christian, a non-believer, someone who's never met Christ, someone who's not born again, his mind is a plaything of the devil. And really the whole uh, dealing of God is always to deal with our minds, our intellects, as we think. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And it's so true. And, and if you want to know where people get it wrong, as I was saying, if you train up a child in the way that he should go, when he's old he won't depart. And training is everything in life. It's not telling a child what to do, it's training a child by example. And the whole example in life is all to do with your mind, as you think what you accept as normal, what you believe are the right values, that will govern how you live. Matters what God's opinion is. And so I want to deal with it from the basis of God's word, and God's word alone, which is the only touchstone for truth. Outside of that, there is no truth. And so I always start with that premise. And so I'm talking of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, fruit is a natural thing, it's not something you produce, it's something God, by the Holy Spirit, produces in you. But when the Holy Ghost gets inside, fruit of the Spirit becomes a natural part of your life. And um, when you're truly born again of God's Spirit, all things are passed away, all things become new, and all things are of God, and you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, then one thing for sure, the fruit of the Spirit will be a product of your life. Whether you have more fruit or less fruit is um, to do with growth and availing yourself of the means of grace, that's all. And that is the word of God, means of grace. Turn with me to John 14. John 14. Let's look at the book. In John 14, verse 27, Jesus, talking to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
Now Jesus wanted everyone to know there's one thing in life you need. Peace. And then he said, it, but it, you don't need the peace of this world. This world's peace is very artificial. You've got lots of people shouting, peace, peace. There is no peace. But what God intends is for a man who's born again, a man who's got a real life in God, he has total peace in his mind. No conflict. The peace of God is the most wonderful thing to have inside yourself. You're not at war. If you're one of these Christians who's always fighting with internal conflict, you need to be born again. You need to have an experience of God. If you've got an old man, a new man fighting, you're in rebellion against God, you have a problem. You're not a Christian. If your mind is in turmoil, something's horribly wrong. If you're tormented in your mental thinking, something is wrong fundamentally because one thing Jesus came to give and he gave to his disciples was peace the peace of God alright now I'm talking to you not the person next to you I meet a lot of people who live in mental conflict it's because they're not born again if you're tormented by thoughts, something's wrong. You should have total control of your mind. Choose what you think, when you think, how you think. Why? Because the peace of God has got hold of you. That is the promise of God. And Jesus said to his disciples, my peace. And he wasn't in conflict. Peace. I got peace about it. You know, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So troublesome heart, troublesome uh, mind, uh, when you get afraid, when you live by fear, that is not the will of God. Peace stops that. You don't live in mental conflict at all. And then let's go on and look in John 16. Uh, you'll find in verse 29, his disciples said unto him, um, verse 29, okay, lo, now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, when you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now there's two ways you can live. You can have Christ in you, and you can have peace, or you can live in the world. 
In the world, you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have torment, you're going to have trial. That's what the Bible says, in the world. That's the way it is. But in me, you're going to have peace. Is that plain? And one of the reasons people get into mental conflict, and one of the reasons people get into torment, is they really live in the world. They shouldn't, they do. Their whole attitude in life is worldly. They begin to get their souls involved in worldly things with worldly people. They try to run the way the world runs. And the way the world runs will take you into conflict and you'll end up in terrible trials, tribulations, difficulties because you haven't understood that we're not of this world. We're in this world but we're not of it. And we can live in the midst of all the turmoil in perfect peace. Christ has given us his peace. And there's nothing that can change it. And one of the things that happens is Christians, they begin to have a foot in both camps. They want to go both sides of the track. They want to involve themselves in the world. They want to involve themselves in God. And they compromise and result torment. Tribulation. Now you can avoid it all. You can walk with integrity of heart in the ways of God. You'll have peace. That's simple, isn't it? Hello? Is that simple? Uh, John 14. Makes it very plain in verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. If a man love me, he will keep my words. In other words, there's, there's really... The distinction between someone who lives in the world and someone who lives in God is how he lives. What you keep. Do you keep the words of Christ? Do you do what God says? Or do you do what man says? Do you just compromise? Does it matter what God says? Does it matter what the will of God is? Or does it just matter? And that will determine whether you're at peace or not. If you're walking according to the will of the Father, Jesus and the Father has made their abode in you, You'll be at perfect peace. You'll be at rest. In the midst of a storm, you can go to sleep. Why? Got peace inside. It doesn't get inside you. Now that's the wonderful thing. You can go through the worst kind of trouble and it won't touch you. If you can't do that, get born again. Peace. Now, it's not some psychological game. It's the life of God in you. It's Jesus' peace. 
And if you're always in, I meet a lot of people, they're in mental conflict all the time. They're worried, they're straight. I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of pressure in the sense that there are a lot of things that could pressure me, but they don't. When I go to bed, I want to tell you my head hits the pillow, that's it. I live in peace. God's in control. Uh, God's my father. He loves me. He's in control of everything. I don't worry. Hey, it's up to him. Doesn't bother me. If he doesn't sort it out, fine. Don't bother me. I'm, I, I live in God. I've got a savior, redeemer. I, I just don't live worried and trying to strain and I don't go into kind of uh, gymnastics of prayer thinking that's somehow going to solve problems. I really don't. I, I, just, I just relax. Hey, cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you. I, I, don't, I just don't think the way people think. Sorry, I just have the mind of Christ. It got inside of me. Wonderful to be like that, just at peace. You know, that's what shocked people when Jesus was on earth. You know, there was a time he was in a boat and a great storm came up and a boat was about to sink. And where was Jesus? He was fast asleep. Now the disciples, they were frightened spitless. They said, well, don't you know we're going to perish? They, there's no way they could perish. Jesus was on board. <laughs> that was stupid. Think the boat would sink with Jesus there? No. Of course it wouldn't. So, they woke him up. He said, oh, you of little faith. A lot of Christians, they spend their life in panic. No panic. God's in control. Hmm? Peace. All right? That's a Christian way of living. It doesn't mean that I just absolve myself of responsibility. No. But what I do, I realize who's taken all responsibility. Cast all your cares upon him. For he careth for you. And don't you think God can take care of things? Huh? Well, don't you think he can take care of everything? Well, what's the big deal then? There's nothing in your life that God can't take care of if you obey his word. And there's the big if. You see, the real reason most people are at conflict inside is because they're living in rebellion to God. They're not living in his word. If you're living for things, you know, love of money is the root of all evil. Love money and the root of all evil will get hold of you. <laughs> then you're in trouble. You'll never have peace. drive you when I see people who are driven I know they're not at peace they call it determination no it's ambition 
lifting up self. Well, that's not peace. It's nice to be at peace. Hmm? Is that plain? You understand that? It's a fruit of the spirit, peace. Naturally grows. Don't know anything. It's just natural. It's natural. You, you have the ability to see that God has taken responsibility. If you want to know, turn with me to Philippians chapter uh, 4. Philippians 4. Verse 3, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with all of my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus your mind and your heart is kept through Christ Jesus when you learn to be careful for nothing Anxiety destroys. A lot of people, they think if they're anxious, it'll help them. It doesn't, it, it destroys you. You have to come to a place where you realize God's in control. If you really believe in an almighty God, omnipotent, all-conquering, then you have nothing to fear. Be careful for nothing. In everything give thanks. Huh? You, you know, generosity, you can never outgive God. It's amazing how people are mean. Mean people end up poor. Why? Because they live a life, of, that's the way to make yourself ill worry about money uh, and you see folly is to ac think accumulating wealth in the abundance of a thing a man has his life it isn't God loveth a cheerful giver a taker is to be despised that's what the devil does he comes to steal and to destroy let's read on be careful for nothing, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. You know, when I need something, I, I just tell God with thanksgiving. Why do I thank him? Because I know that he always hears me. 
But it's not a big, if I, if I have to, to ask God for something, it's merely a one second prayer. That's it. He always hears me. Do I struggle? No. I, I, when people pray a long time, it's because they live in unbelief. Got to get on with it. Goes on. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Now, there you are. You start. If you can't know the truth and you're not honest, you'll never have peace. A liar never lives at peace because he hadn't got a good enough memory to remember what he lied about. And so it'll always end up with trouble. The honest man has nothing to fear. He'll always be consistent in what he says because he told the truth in the first place. Whatsoever things are true, honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now why will the God of peace be with you? It's a matter of making your mind up Whatsoever things are honest, true, of good report, that's what you're going to think about. In other words, you train your mind to do what God says it should do. Whatsoever things are true, honest, good report. Is that plain? Hello? You see, he says the peace of God's going to be with you if you'll do that. The peace of God will not be with you if you live all your life in conflict. Where does peace come from? Thinking right. He'll be with you if you do your thinking in the right realm. And what happens with Christians who have a real experience of God, they don't discipline themselves to live the way God intends. Put off the old, put on the new. Walk in newness of life. The newness of life is this life where you control your mind. You control your mind by the power of the Holy Ghost. You renew your mind by the power of the Spirit. It's not something you do, it's something He does in you, but you walk in it. The Holy Spirit is not going to tell you things that are evil. He's not going to fill your mind with evil things. When you read the Word of God, it'll be quickened to your heart, it'll lift you up, and basically you'll think whatsoever things are on is true, of good report, and your whole mind and set will be kept in peace because the God of peace will be with you. Conflict's finished. Is that plain? I find most people, they, they won't go God's way. And they say, well, you know, pray for me, lay hands on me. You know, I've got mental torment. You've got mental torment because that's what you've induced in your life, because you won't do what God says. 
Is that plain? Clear. Mental torment comes because you refuse to take God's antidote for it. Simple as that. 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. One Peter five verse five. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. What are you to do? Cast all your care upon him. Why? He careth for you. And the whole thing is God cares for you. And you've got to cast all your care upon him. You can get worked up, you can get in a state, but if you cast all your care upon him, he cares for you. And you can easily walk out of that caring and God takes care of every detail but you walk out of it when you start taking all to yourself and you get in a state. Trust God. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. When the writer to the Hebrews, be it Paul or not, who knows, but God wrote it. Uh, for if Jesus, verse 8, had given them rest, that's the Jews, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also have ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Do you know there's a lovely time when you're truly born of God when you cease from your own works. You stop trying to be holy, you stop trying to sanctify yourself, you stop trying to live and you realize, hey, that's God's work. Now that doesn't mean passivity. And let me make it quite plain to all of you. I don't believe it's right for anyone to turn around and say, well, God's got to do it. That is passivity. You know, where you just kind of say, well, God's got to do it all. No, God expects you. He commands all men everywhere to repent. That's a command of God to all men everywhere. You have to repent. And you can only repent of what you know to be wrong. You turn from it and do what's right. You cannot repent, say, if you were the Philippian jailer, 
uh, which we mentioned on Friday, you can't repent of what you don't know. Paul never told him to repent, he told him to believe. Afterwards he could repent when he found out what a Christian life was, but at the time he didn't know. And that's why the Gentiles have a far easier time than a Jew. Because grace comes first. And when you're born again, God begins to teach you the rights and the wrongs by his spirit. And you come under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And it sets you free from the law of sin and death. You cannot repent of what you don't know. Law comes. The law of the spirit of life shows me, hey, I mustn't do this. What you hear, when you hear this word, don't get condemned by it, just amend your lifestyle. What God says you can do. When God commands all men everywhere to repent, don't say I can't, yes you can. You can repent of what you know is wrong. You can't repent of what you don't know, but you can repent. Don't think you can repent of sins of ignorance, and, and you know, sins of... Um, what do they call it? Omission. Uh, you know, that you, you, if you don't know to do something good, well, you can't be expected to do it. There's, there's no such thing. There's a lot of uh, people that kind of get guilty and they say, well, maybe I should have done this or I should have done that. Don't repent of those things. You can only repent of what you know. And when God shows you something, like this morning, okay, you say, I've got to get my mind in control. Whatsoever things are pure, I read that. Then all you do, you don't get uptight. You just make a decision, right, that's it. I'm going to do what the Bible says. The Holy Ghost is here to give me the power to do it, and I'm going to live it. And you just step out, and your repentance is just going in the opposite direction. It's not getting all condemned and feeling guilty. It's making a decision to do what's right. That's repentance. Remorse is not repentance. Tears is not repentance. Doing different is repentance. Is that plain? Don't ever get this idea. So if you hear something and it, you realize, well, I was wrong in that, for goodness sake, don't think you've got to somehow repent of it. Do what's right. That's repentance. From this moment on, determine, well, I realize I was doing that, but I shouldn't have been, I should have been doing this. Put off the old, put on the new. It doesn't mean that there was sin before because in times of ignorance, God winks at it. But when you know, you have a responsibility to live it. Okay? A lot of people, they, they get into condemnation and the word condemns them. And the only reason the word condemns them is because they're not prepared to amend their lifestyle. Just say, well, goodness me, I didn't realize that. And then you say, great, and you walk in newness of life. Won't do that anymore. Didn't know that was wrong. All right? That's true repentance. It's not some, when the jailer came in, and there was Paul and Silas, and he'd beaten and put him in, the, it, he repented of having whipped innocent men. He was sorry about that and he took them out and he washed their wounds. So what can I do to be saved? Believe.
Believe what? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved in all thy house. Simple. But Paul didn't demand, well, now you've got to go through your life, find out what was wrong. You know, how did you end up a jailer? Why are you in, you know? Okay? You hearing what I'm saying? Don't ever get hooked up with the idea that you've got to feel awfully sorry. No. Just feel certain that you're going to go God's way. Christians don't spend their time crying and weeping for repentance. That's pagan. Christians spend their time, when they know something's wrong, they do what's right. Okay? This idea that you've got to grovel in the dust for 10 years is rubbish. Get up. So you made a big mistake, big deal. Don't do it anymore. That's all. That's easy. We've got a God who's sensible. Okay, have you got that? I'd like to make it plain to everyone. Wonderful when you have a mind that's at perfect peace. Psalms, that is keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Set your mind on God and the things of God uh, and you get perfect peace. Isaiah 26. Uh, talking of the new covenant. In that day, verse 1, shall this song be sung in the land of Juno? We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bogwoods. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Amen? You've got to trust in God and realize the strength you need, the protection you need is in God. Total trust in him. And if you put your trust in him, you'll never be confounded. You'll never lose out. Everything's going to go fine. And your mind will be totally changed. It's an attitude of mind. Don't ever let people come and put fear on you. I, I believe the Lord will return one day, but it's not quite yet. My grandchildren have got a future. Um, the day he comes, not that any man knows the time or the season, that's in Father's hand, but when he comes, he comes. I believe in his coming, and when he appears, we'll be caught up to meet him, and we'll ever be with the Lord. I believe that. But what I also believe is that there's a lot of fear put on people, and there's a lot of falseness put on people you know the end times near and people got hooked up with it well I don't get hooked up with any of that life's wonderful I'm happy Jesus lives in me it's a wonderful life I, 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 I want to enjoy life I enjoy I have peace I'm not worried do I think God's going to come tomorrow? Jesus is going to appear? No! Why not? Because he's told me things I need to do and I haven't done them yet 
And when I've done them, then it's told my children things they should do. And when they've done them, I've got grandchildren. I don't know when he's coming. But one thing I know, I'm happy. Jesus will return. I believe it. But it's not given to us to know the time nor the season. It's in Father's hands. So it's not something I ever think about because it's not given to us. Do I work out what's going to happen in the end times? No. Well, I tell you what, I'm at perfect peace. God's in control. He's sovereign. It's not for me to know the times or the seasons. I'm happy. One thing I do know, God's in control. Whatsoever things are pure, just, and a good report. Think on these things. Is evil going to wax worse and worse? Probably. But I want to set my face towards Jesus. Ignore all that. Are people going to get it wrong? Yeah. But I love Jesus. And that's all we need to do. Whatsoever things are pure, true, honest, good report. What are you to do? Think on those things. Think on those things. Is that plain? Stand up. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for each one here. Lord, let the word work in their hearts till fruit is produced in their lives. Let them realize what you desire and what you call them to do. And keep them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.